Hey friends, welcome to episode 42 of the Inside Out podcast. I am here as always, and I'm actually flying solo at the moment. It feels a little bit lonely in here, if I'm being honest, but it's okay. We'll get through this together. You and I will make it through. But one of the things that's been on my mind recently, and rightfully so, as we've gotten into this series on intentional neighboring is just a thought that I wanted to give you as we begin this week's episode. Um, We talked about this past Sunday, if you weren't a part of our intentional neighboring kind of kickoff opening sermon of the series, we talked about the idea of love and, and what that looks like and how it manifests itself. And we defined intentional neighboring as this, as active sacrificial love that is directed toward those who are geographically closest to me. So those in my immediate vicinity. We also described in that the fact that everyone has neighbors, regardless of uh, where where they live, whether that's the city or the country or the apartment uh, or the suburbs. And one of the things that that I want to remind you of is is this, is that nice neighboring is is not enough. What I mean by that is is simply this, is that I think most people, regardless of their religious beliefs or convictions, really want to be nice neighbors. They want to not make a lot of noise, so to speak, in in their area. They want to keep their house nice generally. They want to try to add value to their community. That's a general belief. And while that certainly can be a component of Christian neighboring, it's not enough. And what we'll say is this, is that loving God and loving our neighbors, as Jesus modeled that for us, that's going to mean sacrifice. That's going to mean love that's active and love that is pointed to a specific location. And I want to bring that up as gently as possible, because if we're all honest, we know that we've struggled with this in some regard. There's people around us that sometimes are just plain unlovable, right? There may be neighbors around us who they may be Christians themselves. And so we may think, oh, you know what? They're they're fine. They get it just like I do. But the truth is, is that Jesus has called us to love those around us regardless of their pre-existing beliefs or lack thereof, regardless of their socioeconomic status, regardless of their race or, or background. And that love will be sacrificial. That love will cost us something. And oftentimes it will not be reciprocated. But Jesus doesn't call us to get results. He calls us to love those around us. And so again, there's a distinction there between simply being nice neighbors and intentional neighbors. And so as we're going to go forward in our series, we gave people a place to start this past week. We said, listen, um, start with the 160th principle. We mentioned in the book of Leviticus how these these ancient farmers, they they wouldn't glean their fields right up to the edge of the field, but they'd leave some margin and some room for sojourners and people who didn't have land of their own. And so we equated that to how we spend our time. And what we said was, if we divided our day into three eight-hour segments, we would have eight hours of rest, eight hours of work, and then eight hours of play, more or less. And so one of the things we said is take one-sixtieth of that eight hours, it means eight minutes, and spend that time kind of kind of intentionally thinking about your neighborhood, your apartment complex, your uh, 
road that you live on with your neighbors who live on separate five-acre parcels of land. Begin to think about those people, maybe some of the people that you know, some of the people that you don't know who they are. You don't know their names, but maybe you've seen them in the distance and would like to kind of get to know them. Think of ways how you can meet needs in your community. And as you begin to think of that, you're going to begin to start noticing opportunities, and you're going to begin to start taking advantage of Uh, small moments in time where you can affect the life of neighbors around you. And so this is one of the things that I've implemented in my own life is that we say, listen, start with a little bit each and every single day, eight minutes each and every single day. It may be uh, getting out, having a conversation with your neighbor. It may be praying. It may be just spending some time thinking But that's a place to start. It's not a place to finish, but it's a place to start. And so one of the things that I have made my habit, and this is especially important as we get into the summer months, is is this. It's called the always rule. And what I mean by that is this, is that whenever I see one of my neighbors outside and I'm outside, I'm always going to talk to them. I'm at least going to say hi. I don't want to be the nosy neighbor that's always trying to get into a conversation, but I do want to uh, make sure that I'm trying to contact that person and trying to be the initiator in that interaction. It's called the always rule, and it's something that that I've done here in the past year, and I've seen it make a big difference in me personally and the way that I think about my neighbors and the way that my relationships have been with my neighbors. And so as we move forward in the series, and as you begin with that starting point of, okay, here, here's the deal. I'm going to start with eight minutes each and every single day of, of trying to intentionally think about my neighborhood, see what needs are out there, see who I can partner with, uh, begin to implement some of these other things. We're going to introduce some things this Sunday, but a great uh, place to start now is the always rule. Think about that uh, as you go forward in your week and Uh, That'll be a great place to begin kind of on your journey of intentional neighboring. Because remember what we said on Sunday, we're not looking for the quick fix here. We're not looking for the easy solution. We are in this together for the long haul. And so uh, we may not see results uh, a week from now, a month from now, or six months from now. It may be a year and it may be two years. But here's the thing. Here's a quote from Robert Louis Stevenson. Robert Louis Stevenson uh, wrote classics like Treasure Island and Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. He was actually an atheist, but he said this quote. He says, don't judge each day by the harvest you reap, but by the seeds you plant. And that's a great principle to live by as we continue in intentional neighboring together. All right, well, I'm here with Danny Needham, our missions and foster church team lead. Did I get that right? Well, I think officially it's just missions team lead, but yeah, okay. I always say missions and foster church. Okay, good, good. Well, as long as I'm kind of in the right arena. Uh, Danny's joining me today, uh, just not just because tomorrow's a big night, but because she's part of our, our team uh, with City Point. And here's what I want to do, Danny. Okay, you ready? Uh, this is one of the things that I always do to Brent that he loves. He okay. loves it. Just don't prepare them at all and just ask them random questions, okay? So I hope you're ready Okay. right now. And this is, 
Some of these questions might serve to be therapeutic for you. So if you could, you could just let it all out here live on the Inside Out podcast. I'm just kidding. Huh, huh. <laughs> um, so, so youth sports are starting up yes. again. And that's something that my, my kids have been involved in at the entry level. So, uh, but it was good to see, like, it's good to see a bunch of people out watching, like, youth baseball. Yeah. I didn't realize how awesome that was going to be. You have children in youth sports. Yes. And they've been in youth sports for, mm. I mean, a decade now? A little. Yeah. Well, Xander started tackle football when he was five, and he's 16. So, yeah, 11 years. Okay. That's crazy. Wow. That is wild. So here's my question to you. You've been to countless practices, games, tense moments, Mm. crazy situations. Yes. Have you ever embarrassed yourself as a youth sport parent? (laughs) Um, I don't think I have. I definitely embarrass my kids and I embarrass my husband because I'm pretty loud. I played youth sports and I'm just a big competitor. So I cheer loud, I whistle, I clap. Um, So that definitely embarrasses Jeff. Um, (laughs) And I remember one time where I, I came pretty close to being embarrassed, though, because um, it was when Xander was in youth football and he um, he got tackled or something and he wasn't getting up, you mm-hmm. know. And so the other parents were like, ooh, is he okay? And I just yelled, you're fine, get up! <laughs> <laughs> and afterwards, I was like, oh, my goodness, all these parents think I'm crazy. <laughs> I think that's the lineman talking right there. Yes, that's definitely the lineman talking. I can say that because I live in Cedar Woolley, so Mm -hmm. it's it's okay. Yes, I've lived there for, how long have I lived there? 14 years now? Yeah. So I I think I'm... Yeah. I remember my wife, we started dating when we were in high school. And I went to Cedar Woolley, Mm -hmm. she went to Burlington. And there was a basketball game where I had her sit with me on the Cedar Woolley side. And just surrounded by Cedar Woolley fans. And it was a really close, intense game. Oh, yeah. And Burlington won on a last-second shot. Oh. And the Burlington side is erupting mm-hmm. and going crazy. And this is a full gym. The Cedar Woolley side is just deathly quiet mm. and still, except for one <laughs> person sitting right next to me, just hooting and hollering, going crazy. Oh, and then goodness. suddenly all the eyes on the Cedar Woolley side, just turn and look. (laughs) I'm just like, I don't, I don't know this person. I don't know who this is. (laughs) Oh my gosh. That doesn't seem really like Allie just because she doesn't seem like a big sports fan, but she's definitely just like going to say whatever she's going to (laughs) say. She's not, she's not at all, but this is what I say. I I call it, um, concert Allie. If Mm. you ever want to, if you ever want to go to a concert, take Allison with you because she'll just instantly make it just the greatest thing Fun. ever just yeah. brings the energy you know yeah, she she, she might not even really like a band but as soon yeah. as she's there she'll just be the biggest fangirl of all time so that's fun that's yeah fun. yeah in a mature type of yeah. way <laughs> 
Absolutely. Let me just say that. Well, it's hard to always be mature when you have boys. You know, I feel like I relate to that, especially when they're littler. They're always just so wild and crazy all the time and just even relate to them. You just have to be kind of immature and wild yeah, sometimes. You exactly. Know? So. Exactly. You can't always do that as a mom. So yeah. that's, uh, that's important. Okay, here's my next question okay. for you. You're going to be in a scenario right now where you're stuck on a deserted island. Oh, you have to be there for the rest of your life. You get to listen to three bands or artists for the duration oh, of your time there. Wow. What three are you going to choose? Ooh, that's a tough one. I mean, oh, that's really rough. I think, I mean, I'd have to pick like... It's hard because I'd want Christian artists because that just like, you know, that feeds your soul. That's yes. what you need. Um, so, I don't know, I really like Mercy Me. Okay. I really like Lauren Daigle. Um, but then also, I'm a huge Billy Joel fan. Okay. Like, I've, I really like Billy okay. Joel. So, it, it would, you know, be right, right in there. That's a, that's a good mix. Mercy Me, Lauren Daigle, yeah. and also Billy Joel. Yeah. I think I could survive on that. Yeah. Yeah. I think so, too. There's some diversity there. Okay. Okay. I like it. Those are good choices. Those <laughs> How are about good choices. you? Oh, I me. Mean, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if I could answer that question. It'd be too hard. I, I know. To, that's really hard. I'm not uh, as good off the cuff as you are. I can't just come up with these answers yeah. on the spot. That's why I ask the questions. And, and my answer would probably change tomorrow. Probably not. Well, I don't know. Maybe in a week. That's a, don't overthink <laughs> it. You have to yeah. go with your gut. That's a yeah. good. That's a good choice right there. Okay, more important questions, at least more important to, to all of us. Tomorrow night is our Foster Family Night Out. Out, yes. Mouthful. I don't know why I get so confused on it. I, just <laughs> I, keep, I get confused. I think because we've called it Foster Family Night or... Yeah. Or, and so Sunday morning, it's one of those things where I was talking about it and I just had to be like, Foster family night out, foster family night out, foster family night out. But I'm it's glad taking, that happens to you too. I know, I know. It does. It does for sure. So uh, tomorrow night's taking place. Well, I guess when this releases, it will be oh, tonight. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, this is the third time we've done it. Yes. Isn't that crazy? Yeah. So yeah. kind of two years ago, we started on this foster church journey as a church and just kind of fun to see how this has evolved so so tell us a little bit about tomorrow night um yeah like even even about how when we opened registrations it felt like it was pretty pretty quick so tell us about yeah yeah so i was really excited um about when we opened registrations because it filled up really quickly like within less than i think six hours we had 30 kids signed up and that is stark contrast to last fall you know I think that's probably partly COVID partly us just people not knowing what to expect people not knowing that we even do this and I think it's gained momentum because this is the third time we're doing it but um, but yeah within six out within like an hour I had 15 kids signed up and then within like less than six hours I think we had it it was full so that was super exciting for me um, because you know I I know 
the heart of our church is really just to bless these families and these you know parents that really very rarely get to do anything and go you know go mm-hmm. out like this because as a foster parent i know that um there just aren't those type of supports out there um and often they're you know they're dealing with children with special needs or you know some you know special behavioral issues they're traumatized and so you you um you hesitate to just bring them to a general event um Mm -hmm. even church you know i think that that's something super important that we're addressing here is like making our whole church body aware and our volunteers aware that these children have special needs and they might be in your you know, kids classroom and, you know, be prepared for that because, you know, there's going to be, you know, just some grace that has to go along yes. with that. So, um, so, so we, um, you know, we try and go big with, with our foster family night out. Um, there's other churches, I think in the, I know there's at least one other church in the Valley that does this cause I've taken kids to it before. And the typical, um, night out is really just, Childcare, you know, so that you can go out. Mm-hmm. Um, we want to do that um, times a hundred. Mm-hmm. So we um, we get gifts for our foster families. Um, they get a fifty dollar gift card and to go out to dinner, and then they get you know something else along a couple of different you know special hand-picked things to go mm-hmm. with that. Um, and then we try and do something big for the kids as well. Um, we've done different things in the past, you know, the past two times we've done it, there's been different themes. This theme um, t- tonight, I guess, <laughs> is movie night, but it's just, it's bigger than movie night. We're doing um, we're doing Lilo and Stitch, but we're also, we're decorating the whole church. We're doing... Um, we brought in a cotton candy machine, a popcorn machine, a snow cone machine. Um, we're doing games. Kids can win tickets. Um, they get to redeem stuff with, they get to redeem, you know, special treats with their tickets. And then there's also um, a grand prize that somebody's going to win. And tradition says that someone gets to smash a cake in the face of Jordan Paris. <laughs> yes, yes. Yeah, I'm glad that's turned into a tradition. Yes. You know, it's interesting you say, um, you've, you made in your answer there a distinction between childcare and something else. And yes. I mentioned on Sunday morning in my sermon about how language is important some people will kind of some people kind of brush it off and they'll say oh it doesn't really matter but but truly it, it develops how we think about things and so when we say the word childcare, um it oftentimes we think of just a bunch of kids in a room with no escape until their parents <laughs> get there like it's hey i have to care for this children until mom and dad get there but we you'll probably notice in our publications and different things we use the language ministry to children. And, yes. and first and foremost, because we believe that any time a child is in this building, it's an opportunity for us to minister to them, or Absolutely. any person for that matter. Absolutely. And uh, Danny, what you are describing is very much ministry to children. So it's not just come here and park your keister on a chair and we'll watch a movie. It's yeah. we're going to have this whole night themed around 
this movie with popcorn and snow cones and tickets and prizes and games and the tradition now of a cake in Pastor Jordan's face. Like it's just, <laughs> it's so much more beyond that. And it's, it's what we, what you've said is, is we are, this makes it a lot easier for parents to leave these kids without feeling yeah. guilty yeah, and feeling like, um, they're just, they're leaving them at a dry, dull, drab sort of place. Um, it's a lot easier to leave your kids somewhere where you feel like they're actually going to enjoy it. And these, yeah. these foster kids have had a blast the last couple of years. I know that for sure. So being a part of these events and everything. So is there any stories that come to your mind from the past couple of years of, and it doesn't have to be massive, but just mm-hmm. comments from these foster parents, uh, things that, mm. that they've experienced or appreciated with this night out. Yeah. Um, Well, we definitely got a lot of comments after our last one about how grateful people were um, and just how much their kids enjoyed it and how much, you know, they just felt like we went all out and really tried to, um, you know, show them love in any way that we could. But um, I guess the biggest story that kind of or or part that sticks with me is from last year we had a foster family um kind of hesitantly sign up last minute because she had she had a child with special needs pretty significant special needs and didn't know if we could meet those needs for her child um and I knew the child from a different kind of well I had been asked to do respite for that child before I hadn't, but didn't work out. But anyways, so I knew the significance of his needs. And I was like, okay, we're going to make this work, right? Because I don't want to have to turn anybody away because of that. You know, that that's to me why we're doing this is so that families like that who never get a break can feel like that they have some support even if it's only twice a year you know and hopefully you know what I want to do is pull people in so that they're here weekly (laughs) but but if it's twice a year it's twice a year so that child um did not sit down all night. He was up on the stage. He was throwing confetti. He was running up and down the stairs. I remember. (laughs) And we had two people glued to his hip, all like running (laughs) through this building with him all night. And it just was beautiful. Yeah. Well, and that's the beauty of that is, again, we were able to provide ministry in that situation because children that come in with special needs to new situations, it's intimidating for anybody. Yeah. Um, but then you just you amplify that for them and kind of the uncomfortability that we all feel in going to a new place and meeting new people. Uh, yeah. A lot of times that's amped up. And so that's what it was like for that young man. And it wasn't just, okay, we have to manage this until, you know, foster parents get here. It's right. we have people who were here that, that night who had some previous training and some skill in not handling, not, not dealing, not putting up with, but actively ministering um, to that young man. And so that just makes a big difference. And so kind of from what you're saying is we want this to be able to grow into something bigger. And this is something that we are, we're, we're very mindful of as we plan and prepare for our new building is if you look at the, the blueprints and the layout, we have a room called, um, it's the sensory room and it is designed for children with special needs. And we'll have that in mind because like you said, it's 
so challenging for parents who have uh, children who maybe they're on the autism spectrum mm-hmm. or something like that. It's hard for them to get out of the house because so much of the time it, it can be more of a hassle than it can be a help if you're yeah. in a place around people who don't understand um, how to minister exactly. effectively to that child. So, yeah. Yeah, that was a big deal. It was a fun thing. So it's happening, again, as this is released tonight. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is super, super exciting. Uh, is there anything you're looking forward to specifically? Um, you know, I think you have to look forward to the cake in Pastor Jordan's face. <laughs> yeah, I think so. I think so. I've, that's... No, but really it's just meeting new foster parents and connecting with them and just hopefully being able to really um, kind of, you know, shine that light. Hmm. Yeah, it's going to be a great night together. And just as a quick aside, if you have not been involved in one of these nights before, I'd highly encourage you. Um, if, if not this time around, the next time it comes around, get involved in that. Mm-hmm. It's such, it, it ends up being more of a blessing to you than it is to the families who, who attend. And it's for sure a blessing to them, but you get a chance to uh, see these kids faces light up uh, yeah. during games and mm-hmm. when they receive prizes and it's, it's truly a joy to be a part of. So that's happening tonight. Danny, thanks for coming on. No problem. I'm so glad that you're here. Um, and, I'll probably hear you from my house this Saturday when you cheer Cooper on in football. So you probably will.